Welcome to the Seller Growth Podcast, sharing valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Here is your host, Rob Stanley. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Seller Growth Podcast. I'm Rob Stanley, and today I've got Yana from YLT Translations. What up, Yana? Hey, Stanley. Hey, Stanley. Hey, Rob. Thank <laughs> you for you having me. Whatever you want. <laughs> I always, I always have trouble with your last name, so I just went with Yana. So that's okay. Yeah, I just but, also, I just go with Yana. I'm like Beyonce or Cher. You know, I just go with Yana. Right? That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> well, it. I'm so glad to finally get you on. We, gosh, it's been a while since we talked, it's and been... we kept trying to get you on and on, and it just everybody books up so quickly. So uh, we got a great one today, everyone. So we will be talking today about how to use basically translations to increase your international sales on Amazon. And I think this is super cool. And of course, I've had you on before, so I know all about this, but there's probably plenty of listeners that are not familiar with just how really awesome it is that when you start selling on different platforms, you know, like uh, certain places, even the UK or uh, what's another one, um, Mexico, even uh, Amazon Mexico, you know, that you need to translate some of those uh, descriptions. You need to be done correctly because how many times has it been that I see a Chinese seller selling in the US? And you just see typos and things like that. And I'm just like, and it makes it kind of hard to really, you know, look and understand on what exactly are you getting. So today we're going to talk about how to kind of fix some of those issues and how you can profit from this. Because if you're looking to expand your business, which I'm sure a lot of Amazon US sellers are, then uh, definitely Yana is the person to talk to. So Yana, why don't you kick this off? And what are some of the top mistakes sellers make when they're expanding to international markets? Right. Um, so exactly what you just mentioned, you know, like uh, Chinese sellers selling at the U.S. market, you know, the, the so-called use of Chinglish, you know, you don't want your uh, listing to sound like that. And a lot of people, unfortunately, have that problem. So um, I've experienced uh, sellers that are like eight figures on the U.S. market or like seven figures or even like bigger sellers still make the same mistake. And that is that they use Google Translate or some regular translators to translate their listings. And this is uh, going to be a very big problem for you because these translators and Google Translate as a machine, they don't know anything about Amazon and they don't know that they, they should not do a literate translation. You don't do a literate translation of the product just simply because um, US style and US language is much different than let's say German one or Spanish one or Japanese. It's like a different planet. So you really have to convey the right message to your audience and you have to adjust the, the listings and the, the text to your, um, lo to your local audience in that specific uh, country. Uh, so mistake number one is definitely like not using translators that understand what they're doing. So they're actually creating a good sales copy, not just like a text that they just randomly translate. Number two is like when people translate uh, keywords. So if you use like Google Translate, um, you're not going to necessarily get long tail keyword in another language. Like for instance, like German language has a lot of compound words. So compound words are big chunky words that consist of uh, two or even three or multiple words put in together. And uh, for instance, Google Translate will not a lot of times would put like an English word to the German compound word. Or even when you do um, keyword research, let's say like in Helium 10, like you, 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 your, your uh, word count for the, uh, for the long tail keywords, it's set on number two. So when you do a keyword research in German language, you click on, you know, export 
and you'll have all the two separate words in your results, but you will not get the long tail keywords, which are uh, in most cases, one of the top keywords uh, for a specific product in German language because compound words are regularly used. So what you want to do, like for instance, in Helium 10 is like you want to go back and put the word count as number one and do the, 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 the search again. And then you combine what you got when you have the word count two and when you get the word count one. And there are other tools that also work like that. So pay attention to that, for instance, when working something on the German marketplace. German marketplace is the biggest marketplace after the US. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to go there and want to test out uh, that marketplace. Um, as I said, don't give uh, keywords to uh, translators who are, who are not Amazon uh, specialized because they don't know why do you need these keywords. And a lot of times if you translate the keyword, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is going to be the keyword in another language. Even if you compare the US keywords with the UK keywords for the same product, you will see some differences. You will see some uh, nuances like, you know, it's like pants and jeans and stuff like that, you know, and, and slang and, and different stuff, which are different uh, in these two countries, which have uh, English as their main language. So just imagine what's going to happen when you, you know, uh, go to other European countries and they have like different languages, different style, tons of different things. Um, so those two things are very, very important. And we've seen very big sellers make these mistakes. And this is just how you ruin your honeymoon period. And also by translating keywords in your in Google Translate, you're going to use wrong keywords in your uh, PPC campaigns. And then once Amazon realizes you are irrelevant for some search terms that you think are relevant, you're definitely going to be moved from page one to, you know, God knows where, you know, when they say like, where do you hide a dead body? It's after page two. And once you land there, like it's going to take forever for you to, to come back. Um, there is a way how to restart the honeymoon period. But once you get the reviews and if they're bad reviews, you cannot, you know, uh, undo and delete them. So just, you know, make sure you have a plan and to know what you're doing before you launch a product on international marketplace. It's not difficult, but you have to think it through. Yeah, that's great information. And, you know, I do have to say, you're absolutely right. When it comes to Google, Google Translate, I mean, there's been times I've taken Google Translate, translate a word, then take that word and translate it back. And it's not even the same yeah. meaning. And yeah. uh, which, you know, maybe okay if I'm just dealing with, let's say like a supplier in China or something, you're just trying to get basic communications. That's a little different. When you're dealing with business and when you're dealing with your products specifically, and you're trying to get somebody to buy something or even like the keywords uh, for like keyword uh, research or search on uh, Amazon, those have to be right. I mean, if you get those wrong, I mean, you can miss sales and then, you know, people are going to read the description, not understand what you're talking about. So, you know, I, I was kind of curious, though, and I, I think you and I were talking a little bit earlier about Launchpad program from Amazon. And uh, I, I actually was uh, able to get on this really cool uh, seminar uh, it was a couple of months ago talking about Launchpad from Amazon. And it's a really neat thing. Uh, what do you think about Amazon Launchpad program and what would how would YLT translations benefit somebody who gets on to that Launchpad program? Well, Launchpad program uh, is advertised as something which makes your life easier when you go to international marketplaces. And I think it does uh, to a certain extent, but when it comes to translations, it doesn't do a good job. Um, a lot of sellers come to us and then they're like, well, we use Launchpad and we our listings are underperforming. Can you check the, the listings? Can you let us know 
uh, you know, what we could do to, to, you know, to improve them. And what is the result of the launch pen translations is that they are either machine translations and a lot of listings don't make a lot of sense, uh, or they are, uh, because I reached out to them later. Uh, and what they told me is that they sometimes do machine translations and other times they do machine translations, which are proofread by humans, which is also horrible because like when you like, just imagine like getting somebody's text, which is completely wrong and they want you to correct it. So it sounds good in English. So that's a nightmare when it comes to translators and it's never as good as when you get someone to translate it from scratch. So this is my experience with Launchpad. We haven't had a single listing that was doing good uh, well while using the, the Launchpad program. And of course, I mean, you kind of have to think about it a little bit because it's free. So if Amazon offers you something for free, it's definitely not, it, there's something definitely wrong with it. So uh, something which is wrong with Launchpad translations is that they don't get any keywords. And even if they do put some keywords, those are going to be keywords that Amazon wants you to use and not the ones that you will uh, uh, you know, want to be ranked for. So this is not something that you should uh, rely on. And I would not recommend um, Amazon translations because it's machine translation. You'd rather you'd be all, all better with a, with a regular translator in that case, but do not use machine translations. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with like technical, like techie terms, right? I mean, the translation oh, yeah. on those can be really difficult. And, uh, you know, I, I love that you really covered that because you're, you're so right. If you're just going with a generic translator who doesn't understand some of the Amazon language or tech language, uh, it definitely could really hurt you. So, and you know what? You know what's like even. Um, sorry, I just wanted to add one thing. Sorry. Um, so, you know what's even like worse than like technical terms and stuff? It's like when you're selling, let's say, like baby products, like which contain like a baby formula or like supplements or like beauty products, and then Google Translate translates wrongly some terms or how to use your product or how to apply your product, and you really have to be, uh, you know, very very uh, careful with that because you don't want to sell a product. And then somebody like burns their skin because they didn't understand how to use a product or yeah. Google translate says that it doesn't have the same ingredients as you have them on the label. And then you put them on your label and then you get reported or, you know, a lot of really, really bad things can happen just because you decided to go with the machine translation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and a little earlier, you were talking a bit, a little bit about like keywords and how important they are. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about keyword strategy and how it relates to translations also. Hang tight. This content is brought to you by Acrumi, the business-friendly funding solution for Amazon sellers. If you're a profitable Amazon seller looking for capital to grow your profits, click the link around this video or visit Acrumi.com for a no-risk funding estimate in less than three minutes. Yeah, so if you head on over to Acrumi.com, be sure to fill that free three-minute instant estimate and mention Seller Growth Podcast or Rob Podcast. Either one of those words would really be appreciated. Uh, it just takes three minutes. No long-term commitment at this time. You're not like, it's just basically getting a basic information from you to see if uh, if the funding fits for you. So, Yana, uh, so we were just talking about uh, keyword strategy and you were talking quite a bit about keywords earlier and how important they are, especially with translations. So, you know, what is your sort of keyword strategy when people come to you to ask for help when it comes to translations? Right. So what we've seen that works and we do about, 
I think now even more than 3000 listings every month. So we deal with like all sorts of products, all sorts of categories. So something that works is basically to focus on your title, to put some, some of course, of the main, main keywords in your title. Uh, but a very big mistake, what people make is just looking at the search volume. So search volume is not everything. If you have like top, like search volume keyword, um, you have to double check that with brand analytics. Like you have to see like if it's converting or not. So it's not the ideal to use like a certain highly, uh, search, uh, volume keyword, which doesn't convert a lot. You have to compare that those two. And then if you know, the conversion rates are like under like 25%, like you're not going to use it in your title, even though it's like. 50,000 search volume. So it's not all about that. You really have to combine these two. And a lot of sellers make a mistake just by looking at the search volume and disregarding the, the conversion rates, uh, because this is, you know, what's going to sell your product. It really doesn't matter, uh, because, uh, if people click on it and if that converts, then that makes sales search, vol search volume alone does not make sales. So you have to pay attention to that. So always combine. I always like to combine, you know, you have like Killian 10 and you have like other tools. But sometimes their databases are not up to date. I know that like last year, like in one of those tools uh, did not have an updated database and they were kind of three, four months uh, after the you know information that were inside of Amazon. So what I would always suggest is like doing the tool and comparing that with brand analytics because that's something which is really important. Um, so um, definitely putting the title with with the you know most relevant keywords. Uh, don't repeat the keywords in terms of if you have like a a uh, hand cream, if you have like a, let's say uh, green tea, uh, hand cream, like don't repeat the green tea, hand cream, and then, uh, men hand cream and then women hand cream. Those are all long tail keywords, but you don't have to put that hand cream because it will all make a connection. Like, and you will all put the, the hand cream in the previous, like men and women and, and, and mask and, uh, you know, uh, beautiful or whatever uh mobile or however and uh they will all make a connection they, they will make long tail keywords you don't have to put all of these like hand cream hand cream hand cream like so many times in the title it's okay to put once and then to put like parts of the other long tail keyword in the title and then it will combine and make a connection to it of course bullets are very important you would want to focus on the first three bullets um you wouldn't want to write a novel in your bullets because you can leave that for a plus content and um also, what's very important is that Amazon is not going to push you to to go to to have the brand registry because they are going to uh, you know uh, cancel the HTML code from June on the UK marketplace, and I believe that all other marketplaces will follow. Uh, so they will exactly push you to have like A plus content because it, without the HTML code, your description would just look like a random text in Notepad. It would not look any pretty or anything. Uh, so you really want to, uh, you know, put some good keywords in the product description, especially because on the mobile version of Amazon, like you get the title and then the description comes after that. And after like the third place is where bullets come while the desktop version is like the other way around. So it's really important to have like some of the really, uh, good keywords in the first sentence of the product description. And a lot of people say that first thousand characters of your listing get indexed. Um, nobody has. Uh, confirm this 100%, but this is what should be sort of like your guidelines. Um, and also what I found out uh, this morning is that when it comes to like global selling and global reviews, uh, Amazon has decided to remove the global reviews from your listing. 
So right now you will be able to see only the local reviews. So we're not now back to like, you know, 2019 where you could only see German reviews in Germany and France reviews in France. So this is going to make things complicated and this is going to open, you know, more uh, room for, you know, black hat techniques to get more reviews and stuff like that, which I really don't like. And I think it's going to be a uh, horrible, but this is how it is. Uh, and this is what they have, um, you know, decided to do. And I've had a lot of sellers um, complain about that. And uh, I've just talked to them the, today, this morning, and this is what everybody has uh, confirmed, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so a little bit earlier, you were talking about like Germany, for instance, and how important some of those keywords are in getting it right. So let's talk a little bit about the importance of like localization, like different marketplaces, there's different styles. Uh, why don't you dive a little more into that? Because I think that's uh, one thing that a lot of times gets overlooked uh, when people are looking into going to other marketplaces. Yeah, definitely. So the style uh, or localization, uh, it's very, very important. And I, I mentioned that, you know, you should not uh, translate the text literally as it is, because a lot of times it would not make uh, sense, especially if you're using like idioms and, you know, and overall, like every marketplace has a different style. And I always like to compare the US style with uh, Germany. Um, uh, US style is very, you know, salesly, fluffy, People are pushed into buying products. In Germans, they, they hate it. They just, they, they, they don't want that. And they will skip your listing because they'll think it's too pushy. And uh, Germans are very much like a straightforward, uh, straight to business, like show me the benefits of your product. How does it solve my problem? Don't go like, you know, like metaphors and stuff like that because that's uh, not something that these people will relate to. And I don't know if you knew this, but like from all of the worldwide marketplaces, Germany gives out the most refunds. So if people think they bought something or they 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 understood this text one way and they got the product and they're like this is not what I what I what I what I, what I thought it was they're gonna return it and you'll have to refund it for them so that's like a big big issue and I always uh, give an example of this um, espresso cup that we did uh, the U.S. listing said like uh, cool cooler coolest while the German like first bullet said elegant and stylish. Or the third bullet said, like, um, your grandma loved this in front of the fireplace, keeping her fingers warm, blah, blah, blah. And the German bullet said, thermal isolated glass, which basically means you're not going to burn your fingers, you know, but don't tell me about your childhood and your grandma in front of her fireplace. Like, don't go, like, all emotional <laughs> on me, you know? And this is the, the, the exact example of, like, differences in styles and what, like, different people want you know like german style will probably not fly in the states they'll be just like this is just too you know it's like too dry it's like very kind of straight like there's no human touch into this you know but germans they, they don't like it they just like it the way it is so basically like in germany you would want to avoid things like get it now or you know uh, something that's going to be like emotional like I, I remember we were doing like this um a billboard for Payoneer, the payment service provider, they were exhibiting somewhere in Germany and their English text said, um, customer service, we go beyond uh, care. And we were like, you cannot do this in Germany because this kind of connects with personal care, hospitals, and this doesn't sound professional. Like nobody wants like a caring service. We want professional service, which means that they're gonna get things done, you know? So you really have to be careful with these things. I mean, depending on what product you sell, of course, if you sell like a 
kids toys or like i don't know like fluffy animals of course you're gonna have like certain certain language to this but you really have to pay attention to it and put a limit to it so just don't go like all crazy with like this you know like a melancholic language and like you know reminiscing to your childhood memories and stuff like that like don't do that because germans would not like that yeah so we've given a lot of good tips here on that but let's talk a little bit about now if somebody does want to expand and start in the international market kind of what are the right steps for them to follow to start selling on the international market when it comes to the translations, the listings, uh, kind of step us through that a little bit. Right. So, I mean, after you're done with like your VATs and stuff, like you can, um, you, you, well, yeah, I don't, what I don't suggest you doing is to launch your listing in English because as I previously mentioned, you get this honeymoon like sweet period and you really want to start it off right if you start like in english you're gonna get indexed for some wrong things and you don't want to do it so what you basically want to do is like you want to start like with translations like, as soon as you get your company registered and as soon as you pick your product usually like in europe um toys work fantastic like toys work like a charm in germany and kids products this is you know a pro tip uh in the states we have a lot of sellers that came from the states with toys and they're making bigger revenue in europe than they are in the us so toys and kids products are really really good especially um in germany um and usually like best sellers in the states would work in europe um i would not say anything about japan for instance because japanese marketplace is really specific you really have to have like a really good product and if you have like a hit product then then that's it but if you don't then you know it's um it's a, it's a weird marketplace and you really have to know who you are targeting but in Europe, usually like your best sellers from the States would work fine in Europe. Um, you do have to do like a market research, of course, but you would usually, you know, succeed with your uh, best sellers. Um, now, I previously mentioned that the reviews, unfortunately, this is how it is right now, uh, because the, the global reviews would make your life easier and it would not be so difficult for you to launch products in new countries because you will have some reviews Whereas now you're probably not gonna have reviews and have to build them from scratch. Um, uh, basically you want to have your listing as optimized as possible. Um, hi Ryan, <laughs> uh, you wanna have your listings as optimized as possible, but for somebody who like does languages and translations and keywords and stuff, you don't have to have a perfect English listing. Uh, basically your English listing should, you, uh, the translators should use that as like a base to just kind of base themselves on that listing. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that you will do, be doing everything 100% as it is on that listing. So even if you want to check what it says in Google Translate, your text should be different than the original one you gave them. So it, it should have, I mean, the same, you know, um, ingredients and same benefits, but I think that you know once you put it in Google Translate, because a lot a lot of people unfortunately use that to double check like how the listing sounds in that target language. You should not get the same text. If you get the same text back in Google Translate, that's not good because they didn't change anything, they didn't localize, they didn't adjust anything. So uh, that's the first step. You know, you don't have to have perfect English uh, text to uh, in order to start with the translations in Europe. After that, you have to do the keyword research. Of course, you want to do keyword research as best as possible. You want to, uh, you know, you want to know your um, uh, your competitors. And what we like to do in Helium 10, for instance, um, you want to go and check like the, let's say if you have like five top competitors, 
uh, or three. It, does, it really depends on the niche you're selling in. But you want to take like five titles from your competitors and you want to put it into Frankenstein in Helium 10. And then you go to like remove duplicates and you want to have like a single word per line. Uh, and then you take all these words and you just do the magnet on those because these words that you get are going to be the keywords that are highly converting. So you definitely want to put one of these words in your title, for instance, where the most important keywords should be at. Um, so definitely you should do the keyword research. You should take time for that. You should not do it in like three hours and you should not give your VA who doesn't speak that language to do your keyword research. Yes, you can, but it will be better if you train someone, if you invest time in someone who is a native speaker and who will understand what they're searching for. Because a lot of times that VA who doesn't speak, let's say, you know, uh, French would not know what would be a better combination for that product other than what Google Translate tells them. So that's uh, that's the thing, like the translate, the keywords, and then after that, you can put those keywords in your PVC campaigns. It's also very important to fill out, you know, backends, subject matter. Uh, what I like to suggest, like for Canada, um, a lot of people keep English. Just like, just we just maybe did like a couple of translations for uh, where people want to use French listings in Canada, but you really want to put French keywords in backends because people do search for stuff. Uh, in French, and you want to use that in backend. The same goes for like other languages, like you know maybe you know in Spain they will use some English words for like some fitness watches or fitness gear. So you want to put the English ones in backend. Uh, if you want to use English, I would always use it like in backend, not in front end, because like for instance, like in German, it would sound weird to have English words just like you know somewhere in in front end listing. Definitely. Yeah. That Oops, <laughs> I clicked the wrong button. Yeah, that is, that is some good information. So, you know, one thing we're going to talk about coming up here, we do have to take a quick break, but coming up, we should talk a little bit about the new post-Brexit regulations in terms of translations. So hang on and we'll be right back. All sellers are looking to grow their business. Why not take advantage of the Acrumi.com grow now and pay later option? Acrumi is not a bank. They truly only win when you win with growth capital funding. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Akrumi.com now. Be sure to mention the podcast. Yeah, so once again, if you head on over to Akrumi.com and fill out that free three-minute uh, instant estimate, be sure to mention Seller Growth Podcast or Rob Podcast. I'd appreciate that. And once again, I got Yana from YLT Translations, and we were just about ready to start talking about the new post-Brexit regulations in terms of translation. Good thing she gave me that note to ask her because I had no clue there was an issue. So please enlighten us, uh, Yana, on what is going on with that. Right, so post-Brexit means that the UK is no longer part of the European Union. It's no longer part of any of the unions when it comes to you know trade or anything else. They're like completely isolated on the other side, which now means that you have to have an inventory in the UK and in Europe. So if you're like uh, sending your uh, products to the UK, they could not be shipped to other pan-European countries. They have to have it has to be like a different inventory so that complicates things a lot and what we've recently seen is that people are not going to the uk anymore as they used to do our uk team is not very busy at the moment uh due to those uh you know circumstances but when it comes to translations one very important thing is that now you have to have uh packaging on dip on um on different language like so if you're selling to germany france spain italy 
you have to have these languages on your packaging. You cannot leave it in English. Otherwise, it would not be shipped to these countries. So you have wait, to pay wait, wait. attention to that. I got a question. I got a question. So yeah. talking about packages and the different ones, can it still be the primary sort of bold is in English, but then you have secondary languages? Yeah, you can that? have that. Okay. Yes, you All can right. have that. Yeah. All right. Keep like, going. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. So. Yeah, right. It's like it could be like either like a peel and seal, like whatever label, whatever you decide to do. Like we usually have like sellers that do like four languages, like now on packaging, just you know to make sure it's all right. But like you can leave English, but you also want to have German, let's say, like right next to it. And not many sellers were doing that because they didn't want to have like extra costs. But I always think that if you're selling like a you know complicated product in terms of like how to apply it, it is maybe difficult to use. You want to have this. Uh, translated on the packaging so the audience can understand how the product works. I think I think that has always been very important, but now Amazon is pushing this that you have to have like the the translations of your packaging on the packaging itself. Um, this regulation has always been there, but Amazon hasn't paid a lot of attention to this. But recently, after Brexit, they've made made this as a mandatory thing. Yeah, that's uh, that's some really good information, and uh, that's something I didn't know about. So I really appreciate you filling us in on that. Yeah, and you know, obviously, uh, you're talking about packaging, but also any manuals inside have to probably be translated. I mean, that's kind of a to me that's an obvious, anyways. If you're going to sell on yeah. any other marketplace, you're going to want that manual translated and translated correctly. And so I don't know if you guys see a theme here, but <laughs> don't use Google Translate. Get professionals to do this. And, and a professional isn't always just some cheap VA. Uh, make sure you go with a, a great service like YLT Translations. And uh, you know that's, that's definitely something you, uh, you don't want to skip on. So I'm going to ask a little bit. I asked Yana last time she was on my podcast. Fill me in again, because this was so awesome. How many languages do you know again? Because I think I remember. I think it was 11. Does that sound about right? <laughs> no, I have to disappoint you, Rob. It's only five. Oh, only five. <laughs> but tell me what five were they again? Uh, I speak Danish, Norwegian, German, French, English, and okay, Serbian. That's my native. So let's say six. Nice, nice. And I think last time I told, I, what was I? I told you to say a uh, nice haircut or something like that in a different language. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much fun. Well, listen, everybody, uh, it's it's absolutely been amazing having Yana on for Wild Tea Translation. So you can just Google Wild Tea Translation or head on over to Akrumi.com. Uh, take a look at the blog area. There'll be a link within the description area that you could just click on and go right to her website or rewatch the a video right there on akrumi.com's website under the blog section. Uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying blog, podcast section, the podcast area of the Akrumi website. And uh, there's lots of great uh, videos in there, including this one. And uh, Yana, it's always a pleasure. And I know we'll get to see each other coming up soon because we were just talking about different shows we're going to be at. Yay, we get to be back in person again. So that'll be so much Can fun. and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. And of course, Ryan, thanks for Ryan Kramer. Thanks for chiming in. He's Thank always you, fun. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan's a good buddy of mine. So, you know, once again, everybody, uh, head on over to creamy.com and fill out that free three minute instant estimate. And uh, we'll uh, be back. Uh, I think we're going to do some uh, programming changes next month for the Cell Growth Podcast. So stay tuned for that. And uh, always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, guys, for tuning right. in. Thanks for joining us this week on the Seller Growth Podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Acrumi. If you are an Amazon seller looking for funding, be sure to visit Acrumi.com and fill out the three-minute instant funding form. Join us next week for more great tips to help you grow your business.